0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're kindly joined by Helen Reynolds, who's the Investment Director at Bayes Entrepreneurship fund. And we're going to be discussing technology, investments, looking at the the UK sector, as well as some of the key trends within the tech sector at the moment. So, Helen, thank you very much for joining the podcast today.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. Nice to meet you. Uh
0: So, before we we get uh, into the depths of the UK tech sector and some of the themes that you're looking at at the moment, would you please be able to give us an introduction to the fund please. Sure
1: so I'm Managing Director and Investment Director of the Bayes Entrepreneurship Fund. It's a £10 million fund and it's based at Bayes Business School in the City of London. Um, I've led the fund here since September 2015. Um, so Bayes itself uh, was formerly known as Cass Business School and it's ranked fifth in the UK for world-leading research in business and management. The fund was established with the generous support of Peter Cullum who attended the business school in the 1970s and credits his latest success in life as an insurance entrepreneur with with his to his time here at, here in the at the business school um his focus with develop within establishing the fund was to develop a a, a fund that could grow entrepreneurial skills and support high potential businesses from the Bayes network and beyond. The fund itself is a post-seed investor. Uh, so investing in high potential companies that have already demonstrated initial revenue traction, usually in the B2B software space, but sometimes beyond that. And our initial investment size is usually three hundred to 500,000, and we can invest up to a million in any one company. Um, the portfolio businesses of the fund are supported by mentors largely from the Bayes alum network who bring their skills and experience to guide and support our CEOs.
0: Thank you. So now before we go into the wider tech sector, for some context, Helen, would you be able to give us a a bit of a breakdown of some of the standout portfolio companies you have within the fund, please? Of course.
1: So we very recently exited Stay Safe, uh, which we invested in both 2017 and in 2019. Uh, That grew from the year before investment revenues of just under 300,000 to at the point of exit having revenues of of over 3 million in, in the ARR run rate. Um, Stay Safe enables the safety of loan workers across the globe and it has clients like Siemens and Ericsson and, and, and GE. Um, we've made over five times our money on this deal and we expect fo- further proceeds from an earnout next year. Um, that, that company was mentored by Chris Guillaume, the founder of insurance software provider OpenGI, who worked with Don Cameron, the CEO, for a few years. Um, otherwise, we have also last year exited a company called Alva, which was a reputation management and analytics company, that one was founded by an alum of Bays, and we actually invested in them at pre-revenue, um, although within a few months of the investment they'd already contracted 150,000, by the time of our exit they had a US and a UK office and, and a multi-million pound turnover. Um, within the portfolio still, we've got Evolved Dynamics, which has developed a market-leading drone which is extremely resilient to harsh weather conditions such as high winds and rain. Uh, it can ca- their drone can carry a wide range of payloads, including thermal or visual cameras, um, gas sniffers, uh, mobile phone detectors, those sorts of things. And the company has won significant contracts with police, search and rescue, and defence clients like the MOD. Uh, we also fairly this. Re- uh, list- no, about about 15 months ago, invested in Springpod, which is an ed tech company that connects students with work experience programs, university information. They started this financial year very strongly, nearly doubling sales on the same quarter last year, and they're making excellent progress towards their first US partnership.
0: Very interesting. Thank you. So let's take a bit of a step back now, please, Helen, look at the the, the sector um, and how things have evolved really uh, over the past few years. Of course, we've had the the pandemic um, I mean from your perspective how has that impacted the the UK tech sector and you know maybe some of the companies that you're hmm. you're looking at and you know sort of taking that um you know forward and, and sort of looking at where the UK is really on the global stage at the moment because of course you know we've got the silicon roundabout over in in, in old streets um you know before the pandemic you know very much looked at as one of the uh, the tech capitals mm. of of Europe. I mean, is that still the case? And, and I mean, how are we comparing at the, you know, towards the the US as well at the moment? Of course, they're the tech capital. Really, you know, look at Silicon Valley over there and all the tech yeah. startups yeah. coming up there. You know, where where does the UK sit at the moment in in comparison to those other? Um, hubs around the world
1: so we are still so the UK is still third in the world for tech sector investments according to tech nation reports Uh, in 2020 that was sort of 15 billion dollars into the sector Um, we are about one third of China and one tenth of the US so we're quite a way behind the next two but of course they have such so much bigger populations and, and that does still matter in terms of of your your initial market size um but we are more than twice as much as germany and nearly three times as much as france investment wise so we're certainly the capital at present if you look at it that way um the uk retains the advantage of having a common language with the us and um with obviously be, being being a preferred second language for for many uh countries being english um and and in terms of the time zone situation as well so um, Alva was acquired last year by a USP firm, and that was the sole European company in its buy-and-build strategy for that, um, that that side of things. And Stay Safe was bought by a Norwegian listed company that had done a number of acquisitions in Scandinavia and Ireland in recent years, so doing a cross-European buy-and-build play. So I think you know the UK does still retain many many advantages um, in terms of you know attractiveness for investment and, and acquisition. Um, and in terms of the pandemic affecting the sector, obviously it's made the fortunes of some of the U.S. companies like Zoom and Slack. Um, but I don't, you know, they've facilitated re- remote working. But I don't think anyone's ever going back to monthly face-to-face board meetings, even though people are in the office more now. At the start of the pandemic, there was definitely a slowdown of investment because a lot of funds I spoke to were keeping their powder dry to make sure they could support existing portfolio companies. But since then, you know, some startups have been built completely remotely and others have had an accelerated shift to having more online products and services. So about half of UK tech companies, I think, pivoted in some way in the first six months. So Springpod, our portfolio company that I mentioned previously, um, they offer they offered virtual open days for people looking around universities, their early career in education um, aspects of things. And that was something that has continued subsequently because it's a financial challenge to attend work experience placements or to attend University days for, for some students so even though it is now possible to do that in person there are many advantages to being able to do it online and I think a lot of things have been accelerated into an online move or, or a split between face-to-face and online that might not have happened without without the pandemic happening to the tech sector and to the world um, So I would say not all sectors fared well, of course. We walked away from a couple of investments that were in the travel sector, given the situation. Um, And so relieved that we had done that because obviously the uncertainty has continued for a long time in that sector. Um, But one thing that the UK tech scene and more general small business scheme had was a future fund loan scheme which supported many businesses uh, through the pandemic and and probably helped a number to survive that might not have done um, whose sales were more temporarily affected. Uh, by by the lack of face to face contact and so on. Thank you.
0: So, j- just want to go back to to stay safe. Mm. Of course, that uh, that's, that's a recent uh, acquisition. Yeah, uh, that, that the fund has enjoyed. I mean, of course, there's been disruption from from the pandemic, and you know maybe some businesses won't be able to progress as as, as quickly as uh, they were. So obviously, you know, seeing an acquisition there's great. I mean, are there any other companies within? uh the portfolio, of course very difficult to, to say that um, you know, that there's some interest for at the moment in terms of, you know, potential exits for you within the
1: funds. There is one, but I'm not limited to say which at present. <laughs> yeah. but uh, for all of our companies, many of them do very well by keeping the doors open from the early days on on potential future funding or or, or exit um potential acquirers. And for example, cloud business, which was acquired a few years back by Nine Telecoms, they originally approached Nine as a customer, and the discussions developed from there to a sale, a partnership, M and and over the space of a few months. So, I, I think that you know there is there is there is a lot of interest in in some of our companies, and stay so for example, because of its metrics and and the ARR growth that it achieved, had a lot of potential acquirers in the frame when they went out to market. So.
0: Of course, you know, stay safe is a, it's a SaaS company, and you know, in, anywhere you look at the moment within the tech sector, SaaS is, is, is particularly popular. It's been, it has been, um, you know, popular for for some years. I mean, is that a trend you see continuing? And is that an area of focus that
1: you'll continue to have? Yeah, I do see it as a trend that's continuing. All investors and all companies are really seeking revenue that sticks around, and, and SaaS companies typically have that as, as a key feature so month after month year after year you can track churn you can track renewals and that helps an investor or an acquirer value the business um so stay safe had strong growth margin low churn and, and really good arr growth and that that was what made it an attractive target with with uh, over 90 percent of its revenues being recurring uh, we also recently completed an investment in torsion which is a SaaS cybersecurity company that flags um, data access issues to data owners. So uh, is the right person essentially looking at data? I'd say that's an area that's also partly been driven by increased remote working, um, because employees aren't around each other anymore to necessarily ask the quick question. And and so it's it's important that there's there's checks and balances on what kind of data is being shared internally and externally, and that's something that, that torsion helps with. So apart
0: from Helen, the, the you know the, the SaaS companies You know, what what are the big um, tech themes that you're looking at going forward uh, over the next 12 months? And,
1: you know, has that changed recently? I'd say, I mean, we we do tend to focus more on the case by case individual businesses rather than necessarily overarching tech themes. Having said that, given the post-pandemic world and the cost of living crisis, we're currently looking at some interesting things in Software supporting the healthcare sector, which of course has changed massively, and services supporting individuals with their financial wellbeing. There's a couple of key areas that we're, we've got two or three things we're looking at at the moment. So, so of
0: course we look at the Bank of England last week, Helen, given a particularly gloomy outlook for uh, the UK economy. You know, possibly. Um, so we're going to be in recession for the next fifteen months, and we we're discussing on the podcast yesterday. Uh, you know, it, it's a bit of a doomsday situation. You know, it might not come to to pass, but of course, you, you were impacted by the pandemic. You know, if we do see that situation, you know, even if it's a, you know a minor recession, does that alter? What you guys do at all? Does it alter your investment process? Where you look at different sectors? Where you slow down in investments? Will you sort of shift your focus within the portfolio? I mean, how, how will that impact base?
1: So I would say, as we're typically investing in a kind of an early stage rather than a startup, we spend quite a lot of time already in due diligence testing the sales pipeline assumptions and other indicators of near-term prospects because we always want to be sure that in low case scenarios, we know what the cash runway looks like and where cuts might be made if needed. So I think we'll absolutely be bearing in mind the impact of longer sales cycles, longer decision cycles on potential investees, and also ensuring we have funds to continue to support existing portfolio companies as needed. Um, I think that was, as, as I mentioned previously, lot of people did that at the start of the pandemic, thinking, right, OK, we should make sure that we've got the ship steadied uh, with existing companies and and then see how it's settling down. Um, I think we are still looking at new opportunities, and I think most people are, but we'll all be bearing in mind uh, what it means for, for for public sector, private sector clients, maybe, uh, in terms of a recession.
0: Thank you. So to finish off now, Helen, you know whenever we're speaking to... Uh, people involved in, in in private companies, we we like to get an idea of what the most important factors are uh, when when you're looking at a, at a company. Now, you know, nine times out of ten, maybe more more than that, people say uh, it's a strong team, a strong founder, and a strong uh, you know element of the personnel pushing the the business forward. So, apart from that, Helen, what's the most important factor that you look for uh, in a company? Um, when you're deploying the the funds
1: I think we we're looking at product market fit so we have as, as noted we we invest in in companies that already have some traction so we want to understand from their initial customers um, why they brought the product what they do they have clear reasons for doing so versus the competition and you know is there a strong pipeline coming coming down the track of customers who who would be interested in in buying the product I think that that that's key for us and to build on the team point, yes strong team but for us, Given that we come from a business school background and we believe our entrepreneurs should be ready for, to learn from others as they grow, we're looking for that willingness to accept guidance from our mentor program, from our attendance at the board meetings, and from our investment committee, because our portfolio companies often come and, and present to them post-investment in order to receive advice and guidance and, and networking as to what they could do next. So that willingness to accept support and, and grow with it is, is, is quite important to us, given our base background.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, Helen. So just just finally to finish off now, if people want to know a little bit more about uh, the Bayes Entrepreneurship Fund, where's the best place for them to go?
1: Uh, Our website is www.bayesentrepreneurship.fund.
0: Fantastic. So we'll actually include a link to that
1: in the notes to this podcast if anyone to
0: find out some, uh, some more information. So Helen, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you, Jonathan.